Uno, dos, tres. R.I.P. to the competition. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through Hello, 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 and welcome to Threes Across Sports. I am your host, Ray Jones. I got the one and only Kelsey Nelson in the house. Kelsey, what's good? Hey, everyone. What's up? And I got my big man, James. James, what's up? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, people? We back. What's good? And we also have the rookie in the building. Steven, you out here? Yes, sir. The rookie's off the bench. <laughs> All right, we also have a very special guest we're going to introduce to you guys later on in the show. But, of course, first we're going to start off the way we always do with this day in sports history on May 21st. Back in 1966, the great, the one and only Muhammad Ali defeated heavyweight contender Henry Cooper by TKO back in London, England. Uh, with this victory, Ali's record went to 24-0, and and he retained the WBC, the ring, and all lineal heavyweight titles that year. All right, so now we're going to go to Kelsey with big news in sports. Go, Kelsey. All right, so it was another big week in sports this week. I want to start it off with some ladies. We'll start it off with the National Women's Soccer League, where the non-allocated players announced the formation of a players' association. So very exciting to see that women's soccer will be forming a players' association to protect their rights. And now, in the spirit of graduation season that it is now, we want to congratulate NFL receiver Andrew Hawkins, who just graduated from Columbia University, an Ivy League with, guess what, guys, a 4.0 GPA. So congratulations to him. And now I'm going to toss it over to Steven to go over our Crowd Noise Athlete of the Week. Yes, Kelsey, we're getting cultural. This month is Asian Pacific Heritage, well, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and this week's Athlete of the Week is Marcus Mariota. He's Hawaiian and Samoan. He was the first non-USC player from the Pac-12 to win the Heisman Trophy. He won two bowl games, and he won the first college football playoff, playoff game, but he lost Ohio State the championship game. And with his first couple of years with Tennessee, he has the franchise record for most touchdowns, completions, passing yards, and passing attempts as a rookie in Tennessee Titans history. So Marcus Mariota is this week's Athlete of the Week. Thank you, Stephen. And now I want to get to our very special guest that we're very excited to welcome to Three's a Crowd. It's his first time on the show. So everyone, please give a warm welcome to ACC Digital Network host and Westcott Range Food and Sports International host, Mr. West Bryant. West, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. So, uh, Fortunate that you guys have me on tonight to talk a little ball with you. Perfect. Thank All you, right, Wes. Can you give us a little bit? What are you doing now? Uh, like I said, I'm the host for the ACC Digital Network. So, uh, right now, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we got softball and baseball uh, <laughs> leading things off in ACC action right now. But football season is right around the corner. And uh, like I said, still uh, doing shows on the Internet, my channel, West Bryant Live, and the uh, probably the only food and sports show. Uh, on the internet, I'll take that claim for now. Uh, West got rain, so uh, you know we're doing a little bit of work over here, trying to work as hard as you guys. <laughs> All right, well, West, thank you for joining us. We appreciate having you on the show. Uh, my first question, though, with the show being called West Got Rain, does West really have rains? Can you ball West? <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely do. Uh, you know, I was a uh, All American football player in high school, and I went to the University of Florida uh, before transferring to uh, Wake Forest, where. I led it for three years and, uh, you know, played a little offensive line. Also played some AAU basketball in my day, did a little basketball and track in high school. So, you know, I, I can uh, I can play a little bit. Because <laughs> you're surrounded by Another basketball baller. players right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, we we go hard over here. So let's talk. We talking basketball. Let's get right into it. NBA playoffs. Of course, tonight we have the Boston Celtics going to Cleveland. Um, this is the first the first game in Cleveland. They're down two zero. And earlier in the week, it was announced that Isaiah Thomas will be out the remainder of the playoffs after re-aggravating his right hip injury. Uh, Thomas initially injured this hip back in March 15th against Minnesota, and then he re-aggravated against the Washington Wizards last series. Uh, so we put a poll up with Isaiah Thomas missing the rest of the playoffs. How is the series going to end, basically? Um, 50% said the Cavs hurry up and get the sweep over with. Uh, 39% said that this is the worst Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA history. Uh, 8% said Boston just gets no break. They're just unlucky. And 3% said they actually still believe in Boston. That's amazing. So, Wes, I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> What's your thoughts about this series as a whole with Isaiah Thomas being done? Uh, you know, I've been really surprised uh, at how this series has gone. And like I said, with the Isaiah Thomas injury, it makes it even worse. But the main thing I've been disappointed in, entire playoffs, probably saying – uh, in the Indiana, when they played the Cavs, they said it seems like Toronto and Boston both. I don't know what happened to either of these teams, uh, but the lack of competitiveness and just bowing down to LeBron James has just been disgusting. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest here. I mean, you come out the Toronto Raptors after they get shelled by those guys, and you got Demar Derozan and Lowry, the supposed leaders of the team, talking about, oh, if we. If we, if we had LeBron, we could win too. And I, I paid somebody a hundred dollars to try to stop the guy. And, and Boston comes out, and it's just more of the same. You're at home, Eastern Conference Finals. You're the number one seed. No competitiveness. Nobody's getting shoved. Nobody's getting trash talked. They just come out and play timid like they're scared to play uh, basketball. And, and that's been the most disappointing part about this series. So, Cleveland uh, just want to get the sweep over with before they have to uh, really take on the real challenge of their championship journey. All right, James, I'll go to you next. I know you were real big on playing hard and going, things like that. So what's your thoughts on this series and, and the fate of Boston after this series? Man, the fate of Boston is, is still in the hands of, still in the hands of, you know, their elite players, which is only one for real, It's which is only Isaiah Thomas. And then, you know, they got the number one pick. So, they're going to pick it up. You know, they're a regular season team, and it goes to show you that in the regular season, it really don't it don't mean much when it comes down to the playoffs, obviously. So, so take, All right, Kelsey, take I know you're one. a big Wizards fan. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, James. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm saying you can take that number one uh, seed and, and shove it somewhere, man, to wrap. All right, Kelsey, <laughs> we know you're a big Wizards fan. So what's your thoughts on this series and Boston's performance? Could the Wizards have done better? So I'm going to say this first. I'm still waiting for Adam Silver to send out a search team to find the Boston Celtics because I really don't know where they've been. This is a Boston Celtics team that was scary in the East during the regular season, and now they just look pitiful. And I know everybody here in D.C. with me is looking at it like, yep, should have been the Wizards because everyone knows the Cavs didn't want to see the Wizards because let's all think back, the Wizards gave the Cavs the best match during the regular season. So, honestly, I think if it had been the Wizards, we'd be seeing seven games instead of getting the brooms out and seeing this quick sweep that's about to happen, especially with Isaiah Thomas gone. Two more games for Boston, and the series is over. I, I don't get that, but okay. I don't understand. You don't think the Wizards could have did better, James? How? They, they, didn't beat, they didn't beat Boston, so how could they do better? Okay. I mean, yes, they didn't beat Boston, but at the same time, I think the Wizards obviously have a more complete team uh, than Boston is putting up right now against the Cavs. Like, James, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. And even with Isaiah I, I, Thomas I, out, it's the same. It's going to be the I, same thing for them. I understand what you're saying, but I just can't never comprehend the shoulda, coulda, woulda. I never get that. I never understand that. I should have went to the NBA, of course, if I would have played harder. Like, you know, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't understand. Like, okay, Wall would have been a better matchup for Kyrie Irving. I get that. But, I mean, I don't understand. Like, if, if that was the case, they should have won. They should have beat them because they had – Washington, Washington did have a better team. You know, I'm going to let Steven go ahead. Go ahead, Steven. Back me up. No, nah, I'm going to get to my comment. But I'm going to disagree. See, here's the thing. You, okay, we all know the whatever, we could have won. Now, the Wizards, on paper and on the court, we saw we pushed in the overtime. The Wizards can give the Cavs a better matchup. Now, we lost at Celtics 5. We was down 2-0, pushing the game 7. We almost won the series. We all know that Washington's better than the Celtics. Now, this whole Boston-Cleveland series, I'm 19. It's sad for me that I had to grow up and watch a very soft era of basketball. I was in my dorm on Friday night watching this game. They're down by 50 points. That's not competitive. This is like a scrimmage. LeBron James, he's putting his back towards players on offense. He's not doing anything. He's just enjoying life. He's not taking it seriously. And Cleveland is not taking Boston seriously, and it's obvious. And I really hope this – I hope this whole playoff ends because this is not playoff basketball. It's not. It's a scrimmage. It's terrible. All right, let me jump in real quick. I'll have to agree with James. That shoulda, coulda, woulda, because honestly, if I was six five, I'd be in the league right now. So, exactly. If you if you say you coulda beat the Cavs, then you shoulda beat Boston. But anyway, I'm gonna go back to you, uh, Wes. What's your thoughts? Do you feel you feel as though the Wizards would have been a better competition, or it really wouldn't matter um, if it was the Wizards? Celtics. I'm a firm believer in the NBA uh, with the seven game series format. The better team always wins the series. Uh, Boston was the better team in the regular season. And like I said, uh, you know, they won a seven-game series. So you have to always tip your hat to the team that does that. And I feel like, you know, this is not the NCAA tournament where, you know, you could come out and have a bad night, get upset by a team that you're better than. You got seven games to beat a team if you're able to do that. And the Wizards, uh, bottom line, they froze up uh, when they went to the game seven. Uh, John Wall definitely showed that he's not quite ready for prime time yet. And uh, I have no reason to think I have no reason to think that uh, if they would have played Cleveland that they they would have fared better because we saw how they performed in Boston, and we know that Cleveland can get wins on the road. So I have no doubt in my mind Cleveland would have won one of those games in Washington, and Washington showed that they can't win on the road in that Boston series, so they probably would have lost the games that they played in Cleveland. So, now nah, I definitely don't agree. All right, Wes, before we move on, uh, what's your favorite uh, basketball team? I am a diehard Lakers fan since 96. Yes, thank you. Zach signed on the dotted line. Uh, you know, I've been hanging in there ever since then, and I'm definitely one of the new age fans. Uh, I don't hold on to the past, and I have been about that tank life for the last uh, three or four seasons, lose as many games as possible. Let's get some young uh, some young studs in there so we get the right mix, and then let's, let's start back up this dynasty again. I glad, I'm glad you uh, said you were a Lakers fan. We got another Lakers fan on here. And, of course, as you can see by Kelsey and uh, Steven's response, they're both Wizards fans. I'm a part-time Wizards uh-huh. fan, so I'm, 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 I'm on the fence with it. But um, I'm glad you brought that up. We're definitely going to touch on the, uh, the Lakers' future later on in the show. Uh, but for right now, let's go ahead and move on to the West Coast. You know, we have uh, the San Antonio Spurs facing the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State is up 3-0 right now. Uh, we know the last two games, Kawhi Leonard has been out due to his ankle injury. He suffered in game one. So, um, Wes, I'll go to you first. What's your thoughts on that series? Is, are you as that disappointed in that series as well? Well, I will also add that I'm a Golden State Warriors fan because uh, Steph Curry is from Charlotte. I'm a Charlotte native as well, and uh, I've been cheering for him since he got there. So I uh, definitely love to see the success that they're having. Uh, now, as far as the series goes, uh, it really annoys me that people want to say, uh, people have crystal balls out as if they are wizards, uh, no pun intended. 
uh, that they think that, <laughs> oh, so while Leonard played, they would have finished out game one with a win. Listen, they did to the Spurs in game one exactly what they did the last time they saw them in the regular season when everybody played in a matchup was intense. Uh, San Antonio was blowing them out by 20-plus. Golden State came back and outscored them 103-69 over the uh, final two quarters, I believe. So so for people to sit there and say that Kawhi Leonard would have uh, made them hold on for the victory, I just don't think so. I think this Golden State team was one of the most formidable we've seen in quite some time. And just uh, just off sheer <laughs> pretty much math with those guys, they're hard to beat. I mean, they've got four guys, you know, who are all great players. Uh, you can't expect you know, three or four of them to all have bad nights. A couple of them are going to have uh, points when they get hot uh, and when they really start to light it up. Also, the team defensively, which I think is one of the most underrated aspects. They were one of the top defensive teams, if not the top all season long. You look at their hustle stats, the deflections, blocks, everything. This is a gritty team. Uh, they play to win, and they do whatever's necessary to do so. So when you put all that together, all it takes for them is to get a couple of stops and get on some runs. So uh, while I think Kawhi Leonard may have gotten his first A win, uh, I still think this series would have gone much like what it has. So this team is just too powerful. So uh, that's my thoughts on this series. And with no Kawhi Leonard, you're going to get what you've been getting, which is uh, this big-time blowout. Kelsey, jump in with your comment. Sure. So, I, first of all, let me give props to at least they're making a little bit better of a series than the Cavs um, and Celtics are. But I want to give props to someone that people aren't saying enough of, and that's JaVale McGee for the Warriors. I mean, 16 yeah. points, uh, highest scoring player in the first half of game three. I was waiting for this JaVale McGee in Washington, but it's great to see how much he's blossomed and with a very strong team around him. Of course, the Warriors are doing what we expected the Warriors to do. You guys know I was at Game 7 last year for the NBA Finals. I expected this team to go back. They're proving why they should be back. The Spurs are trying. I mean, Ginobili has had a pretty good night. Uh, but, they, of course, they are without Kawhi, without Tony Parker. The Spurs, like I said, they're making it a bit interesting, but the Warriors are just breezing past them, and this is just practice before they, uh, before they play King LeBron and the Cavaliers. So, Steven? Um, I think Zaza Pachulia owes America an apology for robbing us of probably the best playoff series of the whole playoffs. We all know that his, he put his foot on winner's ankle. Nevertheless, the Warriors, it was going to take this series anyway. I want to shout out the young guns to the, of the Spurs. A lot of veterans are getting old. Ginobili's injured. Parker's injured. Aldridge, I don't know why he's there. They just overpaid him. Shout out to Murray, Patty Mills. David, well, not David Lee, Jonathan Simmons, Brian Forbes. These guys have been yes. playing. Simmons, I think he scored 20 of a couple, ga- couple games ago. These young guys are really showing why the Spurs is probably the best scouting department in the whole league. Shout out to the young guns. Probably the only bright side to this series for the Spurs. Looking at the future a little bit. <laughs> is it, is so it me or does Steven sound like the, a bitter, the most bitter NBA fan of all time right now? He is so angry <laughs> at the playoffs. <laughs> He feels so, some type of way. Like, it's I so mean, funny. but he James, What are we talk? watching? I'm saying, like, you believe Patty Mills is going to be a, a starting point guard in this league? Well, not, well, I don't see him starting. He did, you know, he he did start on the Australian national team at the Olympics. He did did a good job internationally. I can see him getting a lot of minutes. But starting for him to start, he's going to have to probably leave San Antonio and get traded somewhere. But I think he has a little bit of starting potential in him. I just have to see it. It just has to happen. This turnovers, I don't know, bro. Patty Mills is not even a top twenty-five point guard. He's not a starter. Okay. Let's just be top clear. 25. Let's not sugarcoat. Let's not. Let's Hold not sugarcoat. Let's, let's 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 be clear. He's not a starting point guard in the league, but he's a great player. 
I remember seeing him on the Australian national team uh, when they were in the Olympics. He played very well, and I said, wow, I wonder if he's going to mm-hmm. start doing this for the Spurs. At the time, he was a bench rider. He didn't really play that much. Um, and then that next year, he actually started developing more and blew up a little bit more. So he definitely has come a long way, but I don't see him as a starting point guard. He's playing He's playing well in spot minutes. He, he, I don't feel as though he can do that for 82 games playing starter minutes. But, you know, anybody else, you guys got any more comments on the uh, Western Conference Finals or you want to move on to the All-NBA? All right, the All-NBA teams have been announced. Uh, we had the first team, second team, and third team. Really quick, I'm going to go through the list. Uh, the All-NBA first team, of course, was LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. All right, no. Uh, no. second team, I think this one might be a little bit more more debatable. Uh, second team, we had Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I got it right. Um, Rudy Gobert <laughs> and Isaiah Thomas. Um, Wes, I'll go to you first. Did you have any disputes with the second team? Uh, not really. I mean, that's a really good group. I know Rudy Go- Gobert is a guy that's not a household name to a lot of people, but, I mean, he's a pretty good player, and that Utah team is uh, steady on the come up. Like I said, Isaiah Thomas, what can you say about the year he had? Steph is my guy, but, you know, uh, I guess if you want to really truly look at value, like people try to say with LeBron that he could be whatever every year, I mean, maybe you could put Steph uh, up there over those guys. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook is James Harden. I have no complaints. KD had a great year as well. So, really, that team, I, I don't have any complaints. All right. And uh, before we go any further, I want to go ahead and pat myself on the back because if you guys do recall back in February at our um, halfway show, the NBA Honors Halfway Season show, I said Rudy Gobert will win the fifth player of the year. And as you can see now, he made it to the NBA All-Second Team. So I clearly knew what I was talking about. James, how about your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the second team? Because yeah, remember, James gave me some type of looks about me. He was yeah, slandering yeah, me about Rudy Gobert. I'm definitely, I'm definitely giving you a, uh, a look about this guy, Rudy Gobert. I get it. His French is good. But, yo, my man needs to be off that list. Put on Carlton Towns. Who are you taking towns? it off? Rudy Gobert. He said he want to take off Rudy. Oh. Yo, um, and <laughs> speaking of, he, uh, Carlton Towns uh, tweeted, uh, I've been disrespected all my life. This is nothing new to me. Come on, man. He should have been on that second team, not even a third team. His team's record team. was disrespectful. That's what was disrespectful, his team's record. Oh. <laughs> let's be clear. Okay. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Hold on a second, my man. Let's be clear. This is not a t- it's a, come up, uh, an individual player. Let's be clear. Call Anthony Towns needs to be on that list. You know that. And it should be Rudy Gobert is defensive player of the year. Go ahead. If he gets it, he gets it. But, not, but my point is a lot of – no, don't get me wrong. Cat is a great player, but a lot of his stats are bloated because he's on such a bad team. They get a lot of blowouts, so he gets a lot of garbage points. Rudy Gobert was the defensive anchor. He was the defensive on the, the top-rated uh, team defense in the league. You know, Utah was ranked not, number one in defense still, this year, right? And he's still and he's not getting defensive player of the year. And he's still not getting defensive player of the year. We shall see. We shall see yeah, about we shall that see. one. And then when we do see, we're going to come back to this conversation. <laughs> All right, real quick. Um, let's go to the third team because I know you're going to have a lot to say about this one. We're going to announce the third team. It was uh, Draymond Green, John Wall, Jimmy Butler, DeAndre Jordan, and DeMar DeRozan. So, Wes, you got any, any issues with that list? Uh, definitely. And, and, and mine is kind of post-dated because DeMar DeRozan, I feel like, should just be banished uh, to basketball Siberia after uh, the competitive drive I saw from him in that series. Uh, I can't believe a $130 million contract. They should just take him burn it now. Uh, so um, if you wanted to take him off, maybe and put a Paul George on there, uh, I, I could I could be with that. And also to the uh, Carl Anthony Towns argument, uh, I would kind of take that over DeAndre Jordan uh, yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never quite 
Cena with DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I know, you know, he's a dunk guy, and I know he gets rebounds and blocks, but, I mean, he's just really irrelevant on the offensive end unless he's doing that. And the Clippers, it's just the same story with them every year, uh, just a lot of flash and no substance. So uh, I could see Carl Anthony Towns. And I also, you know, on the second team, I could have seen Carl Anthony Towns up there as well. I think he's the new Tim Duncan. Sorry. I, I think he's Thank a fantastic you. player. So, um, but, definitely. yeah. Yeah, I would definitely put him up this well. But, yeah, I love Minnesota. I was disappointed in their record. I uh, definitely think they're one of the teams to watch going forward. They just need a pass and point guard, and then they'll be ready to go. But they got Thank Ricky you. Rubio. He is the come the on, Come on, knock it off. Point guard. Yeah, but he's not a threat to a score, though. So, I mean, it's like, you know, guys are just going to lay off and, and get in the pass mm-hmm. and disrespect him because he can't score. Got you. All right, real, real quick, let me um let me ask this question real quick. So we put up a Twitter poll. We asked what was the biggest snub from the All NBA teams. Uh, twenty three percent said Clay Thompson, thirty two percent said Paul George, sixteen said Chris Paul, twenty seven said Gordon Hayward, and then we had a couple of write in votes for um Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm gonna go to you guys one by one. Which one of those five would you sub into? I know you some of you guys said Carl Anthony Towns, but would he be the only sub? So I'm going to go to you first, Wes. Is it only Carl Anthony Towns, or would you add anybody else that I, I mentioned? I think Clay Thompson has always had a phenomenal case. Like I said, the guy scored 60 and a half uh, this year, and Clay Thompson, you know, he's one of the best two-way players in basketball. So there should always be some room for him. And uh, when I said Paul George just now, uh, you could also uh, put him in there with DeMar DeRozan as well. You you added three people. I need you to take three off. The only one I got off right now is DeRozan, and you said Jordan, right? <laughs> right you you okay, put on three. You got to take on three. I forgot about Killer Clay. So let's put Clay Thompson on there, uh, like I said, for his two-way play. Let's take him off over DeRozan, and then let's take DeAndre off and put Cat on there. And you, what about Paul George? Then we'll take Paul George off. I'm going to go with uh, Clay Thompson. No, no, no. Paul, I'm saying Paul George got snubbed. He didn't make the list. So is he not on your team at all now? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, at first I said Paul George for uh, okay, I got DeMar you. DeRozan, but I'll go Clay Thompson for DeMar DeRozan. All right, I'm, I'm putting the pressure on everybody. So, Kelsey, who are you swapping out, and, and who are you taking for him? Let me say I'm proud of Wes, and I think he said it well. I think that's why I'm glad we had you on the show, Wes, and I reached out to you. I will agree with him. Clay Thompson, I think, should have been there. He is the best. I think he's one of the better two-way players. He doesn't get the credit he deserves, of course, because he's around such great company um, with Golden State. And also, I agree with you guys. Carl Anthony Towns, DeMar DeRozan, and DeAndre Jordan just should be somewhere smiling. Because I would take him off this list. So quickly, I think he has no right to be right there. Y'all are killing my man, DJ. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I, I, no comment. I just agree. I agree. I agree with what they said. All right, Steven? DeAndre Jordan, besides dunking and rebounding, what does he actually do? When people drive in the paint against the Clippers, are they scared and go against him? No, he should not be on this <laughs> list. Jimmy Butler, he had an offer. He should not be on this list. DeRozan, should not be on this list. Clay Thompson, Paul George, Butler. and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward had an excellent year. He's a top free agent. Clay Thompson, he's just money clay in the corner. And Paul George, he's the most deserving. We was counting down. He could have got his bonus if he got on, on one of these teams. He didn't. But I don't yeah. feel like Paul George, Paul George, Thompson, Hayward, they really deserve to be on the third team. Yo, bring Paul George to Lakers, man. <laughs> That's who I was looking for with Jimmy Butler. I thought he would have been one of those that came off the list for uh, Clay Thompson or Gordon Hayward. Because Gordon Hayward definitely had a huge season. Clay Thompson, of course, he has. To, I feel like he has to be on the list simply because of his 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 presence on the court. He's also a great one of the better two way players in the league. I want to say top three behind Kawhi, and uh, maybe maybe Giannis. But so I definitely would agree with uh, taking off Jimmy Butler. 
I was surprised right. that you guys, like, did you guys all have a meeting before this and say, yo, let's get rid of DJ ASAP? Like, everybody yeah. went after DeAndre Jordan's <laughs> neck. Hey, I was surprised. I really feel like between him and DeRozan, like, I had a meeting about this ahead of time. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, um, so let's let's switch over to the NBA owners. You know, Mark Cuban, he's always been one never never one to bite his tongue. He had a couple of comments about the Mavericks season. Uh, he said earlier, I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit. He said earlier, um, once they realized they weren't going to make the playoffs, his idea was to lose every game from their point on, basically to tank because he wanted his team to be in a better position for a draft pick. So um, let's basically talk about it. Is it okay with him being so blunt about tanking? Uh, Wes, what's your thoughts on that? And what's your thoughts on tanking first? And then we'll get your thoughts uh, on the comments. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, you know, as an owner, you want to put that out there to the fans that, hey, this is what we're doing, even though the fans see that that's what you're doing uh, by what by what you do, point uh, blank. But uh, I stand and applaud for that. Uh, being down here in Charlotte with the Hornets, uh, this is a team here uh, that has no identity. Uh, they're so irrelevant in terms of the NBA landscape. Uh, and they want to sit there and hold on to uh, – you know, Kimber Walker's a really good player, but they want to put a collection of guys together to form a mediocre team and get to the first round and lose every year in five games or less uh, to one of the powers of the league. And I feel like there's no in-between in the NBA. You either need to be really great or really bad so that you can get really great. So I'm all for tanking. I've been with it uh, with the Lakers uh, for the last few years. Uh, I just feel like that. You know, if, if you don't have the guys to compete at the top, then you just need to be as bad as you can for a while until you can't get those guys. So as a fan, I'm all for tanking. Uh, I can take the patience. I can enjoy the process <laughs> like the Sixers because, I mean, look at the Sixers now. If they can keep Joel and be healthy, you got Ben Simmons out there, you got Sarge. Uh, they, they've got some really good young players and going to add another one in this draft. And if they can get a point guard like, a, you know, Dennis Smith or uh, one of those guys, I mean, this team is just going to be absolute fun to watch. And, and it takes young teams a while to win in the NBA. We know that. But you want to have something out there for the fans that's going to get them buying tickets, get them excited, give them hope. Because if you got the right coach in there, you will eventually win one day. And uh, the next superstars of the league have to come from somewhere. So, uh, like I said, as a fan, I'm all for it. But as an owner, uh, I don't know if you necessarily want to put that out there to the fans, even though uh, the ones in the know, they really know what's going on. All right, James, what's your thoughts on tanking? Because you know your Lakers looking real bad right now. It's just all bad for the sport, man. I mean, I mean the Lakers really didn't tank, man. They tried. But uh, but the Mavericks could have did a little better than that. I mean, it's all bad for the sport, man. Just, uh, just then We need a new system because that tanking thing, it's, 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 it doesn't look good at all. No, but I, can I step in real quick, though? I will say that the Lakers, uh, they kind of did tank. When they traded Lou Williams, uh, and they traded some of the guys, and they went all young at the end of the season. They they kind of lucked up and got some wins at the end of the year, but they were making some moves where you can see that, hey, uh, we're not really trying to uh, go out there and win every night, especially when they got rid of Lou Williams, who was uh, their best offensive player at the time. <laughs> they also benched Luau Dang and Moskov. They shut them down for yeah. the season, too. So yeah. once they did that and traded Lou Will, I was like, oh, yeah, they're right. done for. It's over. Shut it down. Yeah. Let's go yeah. home. All right, so, Kelsey, what's your <laughs> thoughts on the whole ticket situation? I mean, they pretty much said it, but Mark Cuban, I mean, he, I guess he's one of those personalities that it doesn't surprise you that he came out and said it. Um, my only problem with what he said is, of course, we all know you're doing it. You don't have to come out and say it. It's, it looks really bad for the sport. I can imagine just what Adam Silver was thinking when all this came out um, and to say it publicly on the show. But then I also felt like he just put his young players down because basically said, of course, 
Uh, they tank by playing all their young guys. But then I feel like if you come out and say that publicly, I mean, how do you think that makes your young guys the future of your team uh, feel? So I thought that was not just a good move to come out and say that publicly, even though we all knew what it was doing. Because the Mavs finished, what, 11th in the Western Conference? Um, and, I mean, I think he still has a lot to go and a lot to do. But just as an owner, it's just a bad look all around for the sport. All right, I'm glad you brought up uh, Adam Silver. So, Stephen, let me ask you this. Um, do you feel as though maybe he should be – penalized somewhat for making those public comments? I think um, his comments were rather foolish to be public comments. I think that could have been private comments. Obviously, if you did watch the Mavericks game, I don't know who watched still watch the Mavericks games. It was obvious that it was tanking. I'm tanking. I'm not trying. That's just not a good look on your franchise. And since he's the owner, right. that's even worse. It just looks bad from Alicia's standpoint, man. Like, it's, right. it's not right, you know? All right, but since we're talking controversial comments, let's get right into it. The man of the hour you know, the main controversial guy on the earth right now, uh, LeVar Ball. Um, so we all know uh, he's been making his public run around all different networks. So LeVar Ball appeared on Fox Sports 1's The Herd with Colin Cowherd and got into a heated discussion with the show's co-host, Kristen Leahy. So uh, things got pretty heated between the two. Uh, they both went back and forth. Um, LeVar Ball said some pretty harsh things. Uh, he felt some type of way because Kristen had made some comments about him a few weeks ago regarding his, the way he raises his children. So we asked the crowd, of course, um, who was the blame or how did this go wrong and who, who takes the most blame? 50% actually said Kristen Leahy was the main issue as she instigated the situation. 31% said LeVar Ball. 11% said both. And 8% said neither. So I want to go to you first, Wes, because I know you have a show. Um, what's your thoughts if you had a guest come on the show? How would you handle the situation? <laughs> well, for one, I handpicked the guest that uh, I bring on the show, so – uh, I definitely wouldn't bring anybody on who who did something like that. And uh, but I did. I'm a uh, I've been a college coward fan for some years now. Uh, you know, and I follow him from ESPN to uh, Fox Sports as well. So I watch the show pretty much every day in my work environment at ACC. You know, we have access to television, so I watch it every day. So I actually saw this live as it happened. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was pretty uncomfortable. I thought he was a little out of pocket, but then. Once I saw the comments that Kristen Leahy made on Speak for Yourself, which is a show I don't watch, much less support Collins, I don't uh, watch that show. But uh, once I heard those comments that she made, you know, I really felt like um, I did not feel LeVar Ball was out of bounds, what he said. Now, maybe he could have been a little bit more respectful in some ways, but I also felt like, like I said, for her to come out and say what she said, which was pretty hard. And then the thing that annoyed me the most is the fact that she tried to uh, catch amnesia when uh, she, she was like, well, I don't understand why you, uh, you know, why you're acting like this towards me. When she knows exactly what she said on that show, she knows, uh, you know, how explosive those comments were that she made about his pants and the fact that, you know, saying that his son was scared of him and that he would have to uh, prove women that he dates and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's a lot. So for her to get up there and act like, oh, I, I have no clue why you feel this way towards me. Like, you know, and, and let's just call it what it is. Uh, um, you know, there there are some women, you know, or, or people uh, in this industry and people in life here that are just fake. And people will say comments, they'll throw rocks and hide their hands. And she definitely did that in that instance. And I felt like what LaVar said to her uh, really was not uh, that out of bounds. Um, like I said, because I feel like that she could have taken some culpability and said, hey, you know, I know what I said about you on the show and, you know, whatever, and, and I'm sorry if that made you feel the type of way. So uh, definitely as a Lakers fan, uh, I'm, I'm super excited to hopefully get Lonzo in L.A. 
But uh, just as far as how that, that comment went out, some things LeVar does say does go a little bit out of bounds. I'm not going to act like everything LeVar does is right. But I kind of see his strategy and what he's trying to do. I think it's very Mayweather-esque, uh, building hype around his brand. But uh, like I said, just to, to, to close it, uh, you know, like I said, this comment with that after I saw what she had said about him prior to that, uh, I didn't feel like he was really that out of bounds. All right, Kelsey, I'll go to you next, being a female commentator. Uh, what were your thoughts on Kristen Leahy's situation and how she handled it? You know, it's funny because I knew you were going to start it like that to me. Um, and so I'll give both sides. So I, I watched the whole thing, uh, both parts of it. And I, it was very uncomfortable to watch, which I'm sure you guys all can agree with. Um, of course, I think he did take the bait. She did what a reporter is supposed to do. If you invite LeVar, LeVar Ball on the show, let's all be honest. You want him to say something controversial because that's just more ratings for your show. Um, so I think she did, you know, what she was thinking would be good for not just the show but also for her brand because obviously it gets people talking. And uh, as my old coach used to say, all publicity is good publicity. Um, but, of course, I mean, LeVar Ball did what I think any parent would do. When you go after how they parent and their kids, I mean, he got defensive. And it just, I think it looked really bad uh, because obviously he let her get under his skin. And I think the stay in your lane comment was the one that people really got mad at at first, um, but then, of course, she took that and made it seem like because she was a woman. I will say his comments, though, about women and uh, that big baller brand was not for uh, women and they can do women stuff or whatever he said, I thought that was crazy because, as you guys all know, I'm sure, women are actually buying some more than men of sports apparel and gear. Um, and if you're a big baller, I mean, you're a big baller, whether you're female, male, or whatever, I don't know, transgender, it doesn't matter. Um, so that was a, one problem I had because, of course, for sales, I just thought was, that was a bad look. But she did bait him into it. He took the bait and he fell into it. Um, but I think they were both wrong. Um, so, I don't know, it's just classless, I think, on both sides of it. But you can't come after someone's kids at the same time and expect them not to come back at you, especially someone like LeVar Ball, who we all have seen uh, his personality in the media. Um, but, honestly, I think it would be good if they – invited him back on, um, and both of them just came out publicly and said basically what they both uh, did was wrong. But like I said, I mean, I, I don't like how she played the victim. That was my biggest issue with it because she is just as guilty as him, um, I think, for what went down. All right, James, what's your thoughts? Man, it was like a student, a class clown student and a teacher relationship. Like, she wants to get under her skin. She did her job. She got under her skin, and she was like, oh, you're threatening me? Like, that was just so corny to me on both ends of the spectrum. Like, it's like he, he fed into the bait. And, you know, him being, you know, the outlandish dude he is, he fed into it. And it was it was just look bad on all fronts. And and and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Coward. He should have kind of, like, regulated that, but he didn't. So, but it was it was just, it was just bad on all fronts. I mean, he fed into the bait, and, and that's it. He fed into it. All right, uh, Steven, I'm going to go to you real quick. But uh, I want to give my comments first. I want to blame everybody that was on the set at that time, honestly. Um, I feel as though she definitely was out of line mm-hmm. with her comments from the previous week. So she knew he was going to come in there riled up. Um, and he definitely mm-hmm. had the right to be defensive and to feel some type of way towards her. So I totally understand that. I do feel like he may have crossed the line when he told her stay in her place. It made it seem more like he was the angry black man attacking the, the right. young white female. And it made it look way worse than it should have. Um, and I also want to go after uh, Colin Coward because I feel as though yeah. you let a guest come on your show and disrespect your co-host. Like, that's your house. Yeah. You can't let somebody come in there and attack her, even though she was wrong in the beginning. But once he saw that it started getting out of hand, he should have stepped in instead of allowing it to continue. So I blame all three of them, honestly, for the whole way the situation went down. I feel as though it made the show, the entire show look bad. I know it's probably going to get their show a lot more ratings, but at the same time, is the ethical 
situation involved with it? Like, you want the ratings, or do you want to feel like you did the morally right thing? I would ask Chelsea, though, as a female, would you, if you were in that situation and your male host came to your defense and, you know, maybe I won't say coddled you, but if he came to your defense in that situation, would you be upset about it? No, that's a great mm. question. And honestly, I, I think that's such a great question. But I, honestly, I think it depends on the female. Like, I think I'm close enough with Ray and James, and I feel like I know they would have my back. But at the same time, I know Ray and James both know I can hold my own. Um, sure. And then, so at the same time, like I, I really don't know if something like that happened. Would they, you know, would they be first or would I be first? And of course, I don't know her, but I think, especially him being an older male and it's his show, um, I think he should have jumped in. But like I said, I feel like it depends on the female. Cause like I'm sure you know, women in sports, and maybe some are not as aggressive as others, and maybe you know some that can't hold their own. And it's a bad thing. Um, but especially it being his show, I think that's where it goes back to the fact that he should have been the one to shut it down and make sure it got all back to normal because at the end of the day, it's his show. Exactly. If that answers your question. I got your back, Kelly. And I definitely understand your Thank point you. as far as her being <laughs> on her own. I understand your point about her being able to hold her own. It's the fact that when she started to play, like, the victim role, like, she was kind of like, I won't say, right. it was more so she was instigating him with that, but at the same time, she was backing down. That's when I feel as though Cal Hurd should have stepped in, like, okay, you're not going to bully her type of thing. Because it seemed like she was... Oh, go ahead. Go, Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was saying because she had, she had said afterwards because Kyle had made the comment that, hey, you know, uh, you know, she's a journalist and he wouldn't have on the show. She couldn't hold it down, you know, in a situation like that. She even said herself that she would have been furious if Kyle had jumped in or kicked him off the set or something like that. She said she would have been even more mad than what she already was. But that's why I thought that was okay, I guess, question. I mean, I guess it was more so the the, the line when, she, when he said, stay in your lane. That's when I would have like, wait, yeah. she's part of this show. What do you mean stay in her lane? She's good. She's right. more welcome here than you are. That's what I yeah. – that, that part is where and, I'm like, she should have stepped – like, and, this is her lane. This is where she was – she works here. She's here more than you. You can't tell her to stay in her lane. Okay, now I just want to say really quick, I just had a conversation about this earlier this morning with females, and we were saying if Colin were the one to say the comments that Kristen, that Kristen said to you guys, and I'll ask you guys this as males, if he had said what she said about his son, if he had said the exact same thing, do you think he would have told him to stay in his lane and have just spoken to her? And I'd love to hear all your guys' comments on that. Yeah, I think I think that definitely somebody like LeVar Ball just has a stronger personality does. I definitely think he would have come on Kyle Hurd's show and, and tried to tell him, you know, what was on his mind. Uh, I have no doubts about that just from how LeVar Ball is. Or um, I don't know that he would have denied it. I think he would have been more like, yeah, I'm definitely going to come on show, especially because he's been on that before. So I definitely think he would have come on there and, and, you know, gave Tyler a piece of his mind, I think, if he if that had been the case. Yeah, I think he would have did the same thing. But, but seriously, though, all he had to do was just say – Listen, all, with all due respect, I'm here to talk to this man. I'm not here to talk to you because whatever you said, this and this, this and this about me being a, a parent, my character, boom, boom, boom. So I'm not here to talk to you. That's all you had to say. He didn't have to be like, oh, I'm not looking. You know, he did too much. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Rookie, where you at, Steven? Uh, let's just break this down. I'm okay. I kind of feel bad for Christine Leahy. Like, LeVar Ball pretty much destroyed her on national TV, but I don't feel bad. You're going to sit here and disrespect Lonzo, his brothers, and the way he plays and everything, expect it to not fire back at you. Then for her, I'm going to make this a race car thing. Then to say, oh, are you threatening me? As a black male, hearing a white woman say, are you threatening me, is probably one of the worst things you can hear in society right now. So for her to kind of bring her innocent card and try to defend herself, it just didn't make sense. Colin, he's probably, I've watched Colin for years. I'm a huge Colin fan. It's probably the most uncomfortable he's ever been on national TV. It was just a wreck. 
LeVar, he has a big mouth. Of course, he could respect her more as a woman and approach it differently, but I understand where he's coming from. You can't just disrespect somebody's family and have him not lash back at you. Everybody, I agree. I, I feel like they all they just all handled it wrong, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the NFL big signings. We had a couple of signings, uh, a couple of controversial signings. First, uh, a little less controversial, we had LeGarrette Blunt signed to the Eagles. Um, Josina Anderson reported that he uh, signed a one-year deal worth about $2.8 million with a bunch of incentives attached to it. So uh, what's your guys' thoughts on LeGarrette Blunt going to the Eagles? Are they still going to be the pigeons of the NFL East, Wes? Um, you know, that, that, that's a big tough division. The Eagles did make a lot of off-season uh, signings. Uh, but we all know that, especially uh, I think their biggest additions were Alshon Jeffrey and Toy Smith. And, uh, we all know that uh, free agent wide receivers is, is very hit or miss. Uh, especially when you you know have a one trick pony like Torrey Smith, uh, Alshon is is a pretty good player as well. But like I said, receivers have to get into the right system, and more likely, uh, they do best when they stay in the system that they came from. So uh, with the Eagles right now, I'm just not sure because it's all going to depend on the quarterback, as it does with every team. Uh, it's going to depend on Carson Wentz and his growth and development in this second season. Can he come out uh, and go to the next level? Because like I said, Dallas doesn't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the Redskins are, you know, a team that looks like they're going to be on the brink every year for playoffs. Uh, and then uh, you talk about the Giants, who look like they're going to be absolutely loaded uh, offensively coming into the season. And we know their defense definitely showed improved after they went out and broke the bank to sign a lot of those guys. But you're talking about Brandon Marshall teaming up with OBJ, with Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, the kid they drafted out of Ole Miss. I mean, they, they, they're, they're absolutely loaded. But we're going to see how – you know, they come out and play because they also need to get that running game going, and I like the pick of Wayne Gallman uh, out of Clemson. So uh, I guess to answer your question right now, I, I don't see Philadelphia uh, getting into the thick of things uh, this season. I think with Wentz, it's just going to take him a little bit more time. I do think he's going to be a stud uh, more than likely. But this year, I think, you know, they're going to be, you know, probably in that 6-7 win range again. All right, Kelsey, I know you were a big – Washington football fan for some reason. Oh, you, you, you cover them. Do that. I'm not. Yes. I, I mean, cover them. I know you're a Ravens fan, but you cover them, so there I can tell you a fan too. You're a part-time fan, just like I'm a part-time Wizards fan. All right. So uh, you're in the division with my Super Bowl New York Giants. Do the Eagles stand a chance? I will say this: with all the moves the Eagles have made this season, and I don't think they're getting enough credit. They finally have built an offense that's worthy, I think, of helping make this division great again. Great again, quite frankly. Um, I mean, Wes pretty much said it. They had the wide receiver edition, and now you have the running back game. I mean, they're making it easy and easier for Wentz to just really look good uh, from the pocket. So I'm finally excited. This seems like the Philadelphia Eagles team of old times uh, that we see. And I think it's a great division to be in. Of course, the Cowboys, we know they're going to do another great season this season. I think West said it, the Redskins, they're always on the brink. Who knows if they'll be able to get to the postseason, but they also look pretty good. Your Giants, of course, still do look pretty good. So I think it's going to be a nice little race uh, in, in the East. I want to thank the Eagles for making it great. But, Wes, I do have to go on you. You said Torrey Smith is a one-trick pony. He was just yeah. in the wrong system um, in San Fran. With the Ravens, I think you saw him do so much more. He was just in the wrong system with the wrong coach in San Francisco. Uh, I think he's going to go back to the Torrey Smith that we saw in Baltimore with the Eagles. I mean, towards the, yeah, towards the end of his time in Baltimore, he added a couple of, you know, he, he could give you the occasional uh, comeback or the curl or something like that. But for the most part, we know Torrey Smith is a uh, – 
you know, a post guy or a, uh, you know, a fly guy, <laughs> so to speak. We know that's what he does. See, you're, you're hurting uh, my heart because, you know, he's a Terp still. So, he, it's real. I get yeah, real close uh, to when people talk about that. Yeah, Terps I was now. very excited <laughs> about his signing uh, when the 49ers got him. But uh, even though the 49ers struggled, then, you know, I had a quarterback play to be able to help him uh, succeed. But, uh, you know, it got pretty much, uh, you know, he got exposed pretty quick to, you know, that, that was his game. And when he didn't have enough pieces around him, uh, to do what he does, you know, he's not a hard player to take out of a game. Wow. Real quick, Wes, before I, Ray, you move on, I want to say this. I'm going to predict that Torrey Smith is going to have one of the biggest seasons of his career this season. That's a very bold statement. I disagree. So I'm gonna say that. <laughs> That's very bold. I'm going to put it out there. It's bold. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. yeah, somebody pray for Kelsey. She's always doing this. <laughs> Please. But when you say big, do you Let mean like he's gonna have 500 yards? Like, what do you say by big? Like, we need we need oh, numbers. Oh, now you're making this. me do numbers, and it's, they're still doing practices. Um, I'll say he will lead. So both he will lead the receiving core in touchdowns. Let us pray. He will lead the Eagles in touchdowns. <laughs> now you can't make a statement that bold for the wide receiver. That is bold. You gotta, I mean, he can, you, you, if you're going to go out and say this guy's going to have a big season, I mean, you got to be talking you know, 1,100 yards or more numbers. and 10-plus touchdowns. Yeah, you got, you, you got to have a big season. When we get closer to NFL season, I'll give the numbers. When we get closer to because I need to see how it's working out. So I'll give the numbers. Future show. Future show. Hey, James, <laughs> I got a feeling this prediction is going to go down with her prediction of Seton Hall winning the NCAA championship. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's gonna be I knew you were going to bring that Yo, up. Yo, Ray, you beat me to it. You beat me to it, man. I, was about to I got that. a feeling. Gonna be that bad, like. <laughs> all right, but um, uh, let's go ahead and switch over to the other controversial pick. We had uh, this one is a big one because you know last week we talked about Colin Kaepernick still being a free agent and how Blaine Gabbert got signed before him, even though Colin had a better season. Well, we have another quarterback who Colin had a better season than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a one-year, three million dollar deal. So, what's your guys' thoughts on uh, Fitzpatrick going to the Bucks as a back in the backup role? I'll go to you first, James. And it's, it's 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 a year of alternate alternative facts, man. It's Colin. <laughs> I feel for, I feel for you, man. Like I feel for you, man. It's it's more than football right now, cause come on, Ryan Fitzpatrick is really got a job before Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's just that year, man. Like you already know what it is. We don't you know we don't get really into politics, but it's, it's political. It's definitely political. All right, Wes, what's your thoughts? Uh, well, what I will say, because you guys asked me who my NBA team was, and uh, I've been a San Francisco 49er fan since 92, so uh, big, big-time big 49er fan here. And I will say uh, my main issue with Cap is that, you know, people look at the numbers and they say, you know, he should have a job. And I definitely think he should as well. He should at least be uh, in somebody's camp. Um, a, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, we know what those guys are. They can win you a couple of games if need be in a spot, but they cannot be a starter. But Kaepernick, honestly, uh, you know, until he shows otherwise, I feel like he's kind of in that, in that same boat because uh, I remember reading an article shortly before, I believe it was uh, maybe two seasons removed from the Super Bowl, and it, it talked about how, you know, he just – Jim Harbaugh's offense really helped him to find his first read, and if he could not find his first read, then he would run. And that's just a flaw that you just it's, – it's nearly impossible to try to cover that up. And I remember when he threw five interceptions against the Cardinals, and I remember Honey Badger saying after the game that uh, the routes were so simple, they knew everything San Francisco was going to do because they know Kaepernick's limited in what he can read. So I will say that right now I do think Kaepernick is 
there's no question about it that his political views are being that way. He's, he's too good of an athlete, and he did play solid enough to warrant being on the NFL roster uh, and, and maybe even competing. But uh, I still think it's going to be hard for him to find the success that he once had just because, you know, that flaw that he had is a tremendous one. And uh, being able to read defenses, you know, that's just something you just don't learn once you get to the NFL. Uh, uh, and I just wanted to get that last one. And Blaine Gabbard is trash. I thought that when he came out of college, I didn't understand how he was a top-ten pick. Uh, only throwing, I think it was like 16 touchdowns his last year. So he's trash and he shouldn't be on the roster. So. Okay, we concur. <laughs> we talked about that last week. As you see, his thoughts on Blaine Gabbard and Ka- Kaepernick. I know last week we had some comments. Uh, so what's your thoughts on West comments? I agree. I feel like Colin Kaepernick with his stance with the flag, he did nothing wrong. He just had a couple owners hurt. And, of course, this is a political and a racist thing. I feel like he should have got a job before Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, is, he's old. He's pretty much out the kick the door. That is retirement. Blaine Gabbert, I still don't understand. So it's a political thing. I think Kaepernick, he will find a job within this season, maybe next season, but it's political. He should be signed by now, and he should be competing for a starting job somewhere. A lot of these teams, they need a quarterback or they need a decent backup, and a lot of these owners are being selfish and racist and just letting him sit without a job. So it's political. It's highly political. What's the over-under for Kaepernick getting signed this year? Wes, you think he's going to get on the team? Yeah, I think he will. We already saw Seattle's in uh... – seems like they're pretty serious about signing. I, I think he definitely have a job. All right, Kelsey? Yep, I agree. I think he's going to Seattle and getting signed. All right, James? Seattle it is, bro. And Steven? Yes, and I will buy the jersey of the team who actually signs him. All right, what team then? Whatever team. If Seattle signs him, I will order Seattle jersey immediately after the signing. So you guys all copied off of Wes's test paper. All right, so we'll see if you guys pass the class. <laughs> what do you think? I really don't. I'm, I feel like he might not get a look this year. I think it might be over. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, wow, Ray. I'm not too upset with the Fitzpatrick signing because Fitzpatrick is not a terrible quarterback. He's actually pretty decent. But the Blaine Gabbard thing really let me know how they really feel about him. Like I said last week, I, w- I was in total shock when Blaine Gabbard got picked, got, got signed before him. Like I said, I thought teams would wait for the draft see how everything ironed out in the draft, and then they would start signing quarterbacks. Fitzpatrick, I'm cool with, but Blaine Gabbert, once I saw that, I felt like, oh, yeah, man, it's over. He's not going to get signed to a team. Seattle might be interested, but I don't know if they're actually going to bring him in. Because is he going to be able to play the same system the same way um, Russell, Russell Wilson does? As you said, his, his, his issue is reads. He can't make more than one read. Russell Wilson is not just a, um, a running quarterback. He's a pocket quarterback. He makes up more than one read. So is Colin Kaepernick going to be able to adjust to something like that if he has to step in for Russell Wilson's place? I don't know. But I don't. I honestly don't believe he's gonna get signed this year. Wow. But we'll see who's first. Uh, we'll see if everybody passes or did my one when that fails. <laughs> All right. Um, next top, we're talking Tom Brady. Uh, James is a man crush. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady's <laughs> wife whoa, whoa, revealed whoa, whoa, whoa. that he has uh, faced that he had a concussion last year. So nobody, the NFL said they didn't know anything about the concussion. They couldn't confirm that he had a concussion. So there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not Tom Brady or teams like the New England Patriots have been hiding. Um, these type of injuries or these type of serious injuries, and should they be fined for it? So I'll go to you first, Wes. Uh, what's your thoughts on Tom Brady's wife saying he had a concussion and the league not knowing about it? Well, I definitely uh, don't think that she's lying. Uh, he does come home to her pretty much every night, so I don't think she's not telling the truth. And with what we know about concussions now, I mean, you can pretty much watch uh, every game. And, you know, when guys get hit hard, I mean, 
you know that concussion, and I'll make it quick, but I, I remember when all this stuff started coming out about concussions, and I remember Gary Plummer, uh, one of the better inside linebackers uh, for a long time, played for the Chargers and the Niners, and he said as a middle linebacker, if you don't have at least four grade one concussions uh, through the course of the game, you weren't playing. So uh, we know with the, the hits and the way that things go out there, guys are getting concussed, just like down here in Charlotte with Cam Newton in that Denver Broncos game. You couldn't convince me that Cam Newton was not concussed at the end of that game with the amount of headshots, vicious ones that he took, but we know that teams don't want to lose. Uh, we know that the quarterback is the most important position, uh, especially with a guy like Brady, and, and, I, and I do like the Patriots, and Brady's one of my five favorite players ever. Uh, there's no way uh, that you're going to tell me that he's going to come to Belichick and tell him I'm okay, and Belichick with their history, uh, with what they've done, and Belichick's going to say, no, son, you need to sit down. You probably got a concussion. Come on now. All right, Kelsey, what's your thoughts? Uh, let me start off with saying, once again, New England is making headlines for doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. Uh, I think Giselle, I'm happy she came out and said it because, of course, I, I have to disagree. I think Belichick, he loves Brady and he knows he needs Brady uh, for the Patriots season. So if he did have one, I don't think any of us would have known as we weren't supposed to know. But thank gosh for that interview and, I guess, Giselle uh, not having somebody around her to control what she's saying and it's sad, I think, obviously, if he did go out there and play with a concussion. Because I don't think she would have just made this up in her mind. Now, of course, yes, she's not a doctor. Can she fully see all the effects of a concussion? But at the same time, you know your spouse or whoever you're with. And I think you know when something's not right. And obviously, she said that. And you could tell when she said it that she was very concerned. Um, and I'd say on Brady, you know, if he didn't follow up about that. Because as we all know now, especially now, uh, concussions are serious. Um, and you would hate for someone as great as Brady is to uh, have effects, of course, after these concussions if he's not saying anything about it during the regular season. So I'm going to go to you next, Stephen. I know, James, you, you're a New England Patriots fan, so I'm going to save you for last. So, Stephen, go ahead and knock out your comments. Um, the NFL did investigate, and they found no medical, like, papers or evidence that he had a concussion. I feel like if, it's the, if there's no true medical evidence or no, like, investigation or checkups, he shouldn't be going to national TV saying, oh, my husband had a concussion. But she is the wife. She sees him every day. But I feel like you got to have a lot of evidence and pretty much a sure thing, like opinion that you, you can tell, yeah, he had a concussion. So when she said it, it kind of threw me off. And NFL and Patriots, even his agent said he had no concussions. Players had injuries all the time. Maybe he had a lot of headaches. Maybe players go through things that – isn't really that needs to be medicated or even desired as oh that's an injury it's just a pain so hopefully he didn't gush I'm a huge Tom Brady fan if he did play through one he pretty much played you know, that never came. I didn't want to butt in but do, do you think that you know with the man's wife that's the woman you know he chooses to spend the rest of his life but you don't think he's ever come home and just told her straight up like I had a concussion but you know, of course, right. I'm not going to come out of the game, but I think he's obviously. I mean, I think he's probably just told her straight up, like, honey, I got a concussion today, but I didn't come out of the game. Right. And really quick, I want to add, of course, there's no medical evidence of it because he didn't want to say it if he did have one. That was my problem with the NFL, quote, investigation, uh, because it was just a quick thing to breeze through. I think with everything that's happened with the Patriots, the NFL is kind of scared to step on their toes again, and obviously uh, after the deflate gate. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, listen, guys, let me put it into this perspective. I'm married to Giselle Bunchen. She's the one of the most beautiful women in the world. I'm going to tell her everything. But, <laughs> but with that being said, she's in trouble right now. She, you know she's on timeout for even mentioning that because 
Tom Brady's agent, Don Yee, contradicted uh, Brady's wife by issuing a statement Friday denying that his client was diagnosed with a concussion. You know, she, you know, he had to save his back. That's according to uh, ESPN Adam Schefter. So right now I think Giselle's not going to get that new uh, – that that new whatever car she wants or the plane nope. she, she the, the airplane she wants she will not get it this year because she's on timeout. But with that being said, you know he probably did have the concussion. But he's Tom Brady, and he, you guys remember Wes Welker? You remember every time every time he stepped on the on the football field, I believe he had a concussion. Like every game, <laughs> I think. But you know it is what it is. Still the greatest quarterback right now. So. <laughs> That's it. Okay, wrap <laughs> it up. Wrap it up. He's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's Giselle, though, guys. I mean, I mean, Wes, feel me? Giselle, you got to tell everything. She's not, not the best. I think also, She's not I, the I best. Don't think I don't think she'll be you missing out on anything because her bank account dwarfs is. so if he does say that, she'll just go buy it herself. Oh, shoot. You're right about that. Her <laughs> bank account is crazy. Her yeah. bank account is crazy. <laughs> I think oh so she wears the she wears she doesn't wear the apron, I get it. She wears the Uggs in the <laughs> She wears yeah, yeah, she wears the Uggs. Yeah. But Steven, chill. All right, out, so Steven, uh, chill. I need some melanin, man. She's not the best. Yes. Steven, chill, chill. Oh man. They taking it somewhere funny. else. <laughs> they taking it somewhere else. I Steven, we get, we get, let's get to the crowd noise section of the show. Uh we had a pretty big poll online on Twitter. Um you guys wanna get right into it. Let's go. Uh so basically we asked you know, earlier in the week, the Celtics won the number one pick in the NBA draft lottery, and we said, what should they do with that pick? Top choices, uh, 21% said trade down in the draft, 46% said draft Markel Fultz, 11% said draft Lonzo Ball, and 22% said trade for a veteran. And before we get to it, you know what, I'm going to let you guys first, go first, because I got the blockbuster of blockbuster trades that will put <laughs> the Celtics in the finals. But I'm a whole. I'm gonna keep that oh. real tight to the pocket for now. I'm gonna. I got two of them actually. As you know, last year I said Oklahoma City should have traded Blake Griffin for Kevin Durant, and they would have been fine. But they didn't listen to me. But either way, that's neither here nor there. So Wes, I'm gonna go to you first with the Celtics winning the, the draft lottery and gonna get the number one pick. What should they do with that pick? Uh, I definitely think if they're able to trade for a veteran like Jimmy Butler or Paul George, or even though it's been kind of known that Paul George wants to be a Laker, but if they can get uh, a Jimmy Butler or someone of that magnitude, you have to go do it. The time to win is now. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas is a great player. You have to capitalize with what you have going on there now. They desperately need scoring, and we've seen that rookies, uh, they, they take a while to develop no matter how good they are. So uh, that's not going to get you uh, a, even a win against LeBron James the way it looks right now, the way they came out and performed. So I think if you're the Celtics, if you're able to land a veteran that can help uh, make you even more competitive next season and give you a chance uh, to defeat the Cavaliers, I think it's a no-brainer. You have to do it. Kelsey? Yeah, so I'm going to agree with Mr. Paul Pierce, who went on the jump and basically said everything I would have said. He said, you trade this pick because Markel Fultz, the window is now. Um, and I agree. I think you can trade. You have Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward. If you can do that trade, do it, because as nice as the number one pick is, what can he do right now for the Boston Celtics? All right, James. Man, I respect Danny Ainge. He's up to something. Yeah, I would say yeah, trade that pick uh, to try to finagle something, try to get – Paul George, try to get a couple of people in there, and 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 do something because they got to win now. They got the momentum right now, so that's mm-hmm. the best thing for them to do. And and they have a lot of trade assets, like they have a lot of guys that can they get off that team to make room for other players. So Danny Ainge got it. Steven, 
Honestly, I really don't have no opinion if they want to trade or draft. I just really want them to see you just pick officially your playoff, your number one team for number one pick. That's That barely happens in history. So if you're still a top team, make a move that will keep your team on the top. That's all right. I know about the situation. All right, well, I got a question. Since you guys are all saying make the trade, right, let me ask you this question. Does Isaiah Thomas's injury influence the Celtics at all, seeing as that he has a hip injury and it seems to be a nagging injury? And he's also up there in age. He's, I believe he's 29, 28. So he doesn't oh, really on. have too many more years left in his prime, just be honest. And we also can see that him being 5'8 is not going to carry them to a championship. So you guys don't think that influences the pick at all, especially with – Markel Fultz sitting there at six five, the number one pick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you got a point. You do got a point. I think it does somewhat, but when you're coming off a season, uh, you know they got a lot of uh, veteran players on that team. Uh, I do think that when you're sitting at the number one seed, you feel like that you're a piece or two uh, away from getting to the finals. Uh, I think being that they, you know, the showing that they put out against the Cavaliers, they know kind of. This will give them a lot of data as far as what they need, even though they probably would say we just need LeBron James. But I think if you can get a Jimmy Butler, somebody in there that's a 20-plus point scorer, uh, two-way player, a guy that can really give you another formidable compliment and take some of the pressure off Isaiah Thomas, I think you have to do it. Because, like I said, you have to think. If you get back to the same situation next year and you have a Markel Fultz, what is he really going to do against the Kyrie Irving or LeBron James? He's still green. Like, he's going to make some plays. It's going to flash. But at the end of the day, as far as being savvy, being a veteran, doing those things to get you those wins, he doesn't know it yet. It's going to take him some time. And do you have four to five seasons? When you look at a lot of the great players, the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all those guys, they really didn't start to show until their their fifth season. So, I mean, by the time five years up, by the time it's to be gone and whatever else. So you need to win now. Um, and I think if you have a chance to add a piece that can that you feel like can get you to the finals, you got to do it. Kelsey? I mean, I think he pretty much summed it up pretty well. I think, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, you said it right. Yes, he's still in his prime. You have to, there's a measurement on how many years left he has. But, I mean, Boston has rebuilt and rebuilt again, and they've proven themselves as we see. And, of course, I think they need to trade because all they need is that one more player to help them hopefully get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and really look like something um, against the Cavs that we're not seeing this season. So they're just one piece away, and I think they could get that, and they need to use this number one pick very valuable because, as Steven said, being the number one seed and the number one pick, I mean, that doesn't happen all the time. Yep. Okay, let me put out a trade that uh, – let me put out another trade that I had in my head. I saw it online. They said trade Jalen Brown and the number one pick for Carmelo Anthony and the number eight pick. What's your thoughts no. on that? Whoa, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> because think of it, okay. The per, you said no. Tell me why you say no. Um, I'll say no because first off, Melo, he's just been very disrespectful to the game of basketball. He what? Said he, can I continue? <laughs> he's been very disrespectful to the game of basketball. He's been quitting on his team. Now he, I know he wants to get out of LA, but just like Isaiah Thomas, Melo was older. He has a lot on him. Now trading him for number eight? No, just don't do it. I'd rather get a Gordon Hayward. And put him on the Celtics team to get Melo. No, I don't want Melo. He's a cancer to the team. I don't want Melo. But you could get Gordon Hayward as a free agent, though. So. Yeah, yeah, Gordon Hayward's going to walk there for free. Why would you trade for him? Well, I'm not saying trade for him, but I'd rather pick up somebody else. 
who's available or who's in the draft to get Melo. I don't Melo wouldn't really fit well in Boston. He's not really a team player. Boston's a team. That's why they beat the Rizzles. They're they're a better team oriented type of team. They play together. And Melo, he likes to take his shots. He likes to take his fifty shots. Only make his seven shots. No, what? Uh, he won't fit for the Celtics. He won't. I'm about to cut your Michael. I'm about to cut your Michael. You're getting out of control. First of all. <laughs> Carmelo gives them that that star player, that go to scorer that takes all that pressure out of off of uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like I'm a, I'm I'm flabbergasted right now that you would even say such a thing. He's not invited back. Get him out of here, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Next all right, Wes. Week, Wes okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. All right, Wes, you want to jump in? Uh, I would say I haven't been the biggest uh, Carmelo Anthony fan because I feel like he's kind of the reason why he hasn't gotten to the heights he would like because I feel like he doesn't necessarily do all the little things. Uh, kind of like I said with Toy Smith, a one-trick pony, even though that one trick is really <laughs> dynamic as far as his scoring. But if I was the Boston Celtics and I could do that and get down to the eighth pick, I would do that in a heartbeat for Jalen Brown. I would get rid and, and I'm not a Carmelo guy really at all, but when you got a chance to get a guy that's one of the best one-on-one scorers of this generation and you still get the eighth pick, and then, like I said, you could possibly go out in free agency and get a, and uh, Gordon, Haywood? a Gordon Haywood. Yeah, if you could go out yeah, and get a Gordon Haywood, add a Carmelo Anthony, and get the eighth pick in the draft where you can still uh, get a pretty formidable player that can, you know, develop. Uh, I would do it in a heartbeat, for sure. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate you. I appreciate I, can you. Can I say this real quick? I think I can agree with I can agree with that, but at the same time, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I would love to see Carmelo in Washington. I wouldn't be a part-time fan anymore. I'd be a full-time fan if they did that. How how would that happen, though? I don't know how they would get him, that's, though. That's the thing. How we have no cap That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on. That's what I said. I would love to. But, great, that's the problem. Steven, get your girl, man. Get your girl out of here. Kelsey, man. I love you. We laugh and everything. But Melo to Washington, no. 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 Melo to anybody for okay. me right now. If they had the cap space. Wes, I like... apologize for Kelsey and her outlandish uh, feelings. I apologize, Wes. This is probably worth <laughs> the Seton Hall prediction. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, Yo. is, this is when I All right, need guys, somebody real to quick, back though, me up. <laughs> real quick, before we get out of here, I do, since we, we have two Laker fans on the line, I definitely want to ask Wes, what do you guys – think you should do with the number two pick? Draft Longo Ball. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought yep. you could. Okay. So question, with that being said, B, what do you do with the everything. Triple Bs, baby. What do you do with the um, if, uh you, you you try to see, because I also think they're going to pull off a trade of some type this offseason. I've, I've heard the rumors. Uh, I heard it. Uh, they actually on the herd. Uh, they were saying that there was a rumor going around about the end of for Jimmy Butler. I would dance in the streets if they were able to pull that off. Uh, <laughs> or yep. you can get a uh, Paul George uh, as well. So I think that's, that's the thing also, one of the bright sides of tanking as well. You get after So if yep. you have a team that wants to get rid of a superstar free agent or something like that before they get them for nothing, the Lakers have plenty of young assets that they've drafted over the years along with picks that you can, you know, send over to get that. And then you got Lonzo Ball. Uh, you got potentially a Paul George. Uh, Brandon yep. Ingram and a collection of other guys. And Magic now that Tim Buss is out of there, guys are going to be attracted. And if you can get a pass mm-hmm. first point guard like Lonzo Ball that makes everybody better, that's Show going to make guys want to come even more because they know they're going to get fed the rock. They know they're going to get their numbers. And that will do nothing but help the Lakers continue to improve. Showtime Lakers. Well, okay, so who's your, Lonzo is your preference, Lakers, Jimmy Butler or Paul George? 
That's a good one. Really because of the Brandon Ingram dynamic, I would say I would prefer Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler is also, I like I said, a great two-way player. But uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram is the one guy I would not want to lose, and that's the one guy the Lakers do not want to give up. So for that reason alone, uh, I would go with Jimmy Butler because if you bring Paul George in, he's not a natural two-guard, uh, and you're not going to put Brandon Ingram at the power forward at that weight right now. So, I mean, uh, you know, he could eat 10 steaks and he'll gain a pound. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So I would prefer Jimmy Butler. I remember back early in his career when Paul George played the two in Indiana when they had Danny Granger. When Danny Granger was the star of that team, sure. Paul George was the two yeah. guard. Mm-hmm. So I think he, I wouldn't say he can't play the two, but I definitely would agree that Jimmy Butler is more comfortable at the two guard. But but that was my question. Right. I was wondering who would you want to move in order to get Lonzo because you still got Clarkson back there also. Um, I prefer, I would take Clarkson. I prefer Clarkson over D'Angelo Russell. I would probably package Randall and D'Angelo yep. Russell. For PG or or uh, Jimmy Butler, and y'all throwing Mozgov in there too. I don't care. They're not taking I know, that contract. It's just a hard thing about Mozgov is nobody's gonna take that contract. I don't know what position they're not taking that contract. Four years, yeah. no, <laughs> never. Four years. You, you know, you know who take that contract? The Knicks will take it. They love it. They love contracts like that. <laughs> the Knicks will take that. <laughs> Four years contract for him and Luol Deng. I don't yeah, understand. You know, you know, I had that slander. I had the Knicks slander waiting. So you know, Look. I had this put it up there. And on that note, the show is over. We want to thank Wes for coming out. Uh, Wes, we appreciate you being on the show. No problem. Thank we you, shall guys. We show on Flanders. Uh, appreciate you. And um, at any time, definitely feel free to come back on. Uh, we had a great talk with you. Uh, hopefully your Lakers won't be as bad as they were and they have been in the past. And next year, the Knicks will see you guys in the uh, championship. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, oh, that'd be fantastic. You got to, uh, Wes, Thanks, if you want to plug your shows one more time before we get off. Uh, like I said, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, it's West Outrange, W-E-S-G-O-T-R-A-N-G-E. Uh, my channel on YouTube is West Brian Live, uh, W-E-S-B-R-Y-A-N-T, uh, L-I-V-E. Uh, the show, like I said, West Got Reigns, Internet Food and Sports Show. And you guys keep checking the ACC Digital Network. We're going to keep bringing you the best in uh, ACC coverage. Definitely. All right. Appreciate West. you, West. Thank you. All right, guys. No problem. All right, Kelsey, go ahead and give our shout-out so we can get out of here. All right, so everyone listening, be sure to follow us on social media. We're everywhere on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at the number three, then S, three is a crowd, uh, sports. Be sure to follow us on there. Then on Facebook, uh, be sure to like our page at three is a crowd sportscast. And on Google Plus, be sure to like our page on three is a crowd sportscast. And so follow us. We'll also give our individual handles because all we do is talk sports and debate. And until next week's show, I'm Kelsey Nelson. You can follow me at the Real K Nelson. Steven? You can follow me at Steven underscore S-Z-N. That's season on Twitter. Hippington James, you know who it is. H-I-P-P-I-N-G-T-O-N. Hippington. <laughs> and, of course, Ray. me, the one and only. I said the one Not and in only. California. But actually, I'm the, <laughs> at the other Ray J. <laughs> uh, make sure you all check Not us out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Peace. Not loving hip hop, Ray J. Times ago. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. R.I.P. to the competition. competition.